Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today is Laura, and I have a beautiful guest to bring to you today. I'm so grateful that she said yes. Uh, Daphne Marshall is here with us today. She is one of our preceptors in our preceptor program. She's been with us, gosh, for almost eight months, probably. And um, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is originally from Brooklyn, New York, but she now is living in Valley Stream, Long Island. She's been a registered nurse for more than 35 years, mostly in the neonatal ICU. She has a master's in nursing and health administration, and she's also a graduate of the Nurse Coach Collective in May of this year, 2022. The first time I met Daphne was at the conference, and, and she doesn't know I'm gonna tell this story, but I'm going to tell the story of how I first noticed her. And this was something I was co-facilitating, helping them out with. And it was, I think it was the first night or second night and there was music and dancing. And I'm an energy girl. I'm an empath. Like I follow the energy and I found myself next to Daphne with a lot of other nurse coaches, just wanting to be near her where we walked when he watched her dance with her eyes closed. And it was one of the most, transcendent experiences of my entire life. Wow. I didn't remember you were there. <laughs> oh, I was there. I was hanging on the fringe, just oh like God. in awe and, and also observing how everybody responded to you with just curiosity. And from like an energy standpoint, uh, there's something divine about you when you're dancing in that way, because it's so embodied, which is actually the true nature of who we are. And we never as humans, we just don't get to see that very often. It's it's what you would see with somebody who's like a an opera singer or a, a prima ballerina, or there's this element of embodiment that I think we all want, but I witnessed that day. That moment, oh my God, that moment was a lot. Um, for me, it was the first time that I danced with that kind of embodiment, as you mentioned, um, in years. Um, and I always talk about how free um, dance makes me feel. And I specifically at that moment, I remember doing that with my eyes closed. And I did it with my eyes closed because I did not want to see who was looking because I was a, I wanted to allow myself to be free. Right. Yeah. Um, and if I would have watched and if I would have seen people looking at me, I would have created stories as to what they were thinking about me. Yeah. So I made sure to keep my eyes closed. And I, and I felt like I was dancing a really long time. Um, but when I did open my eyes, I think, as, you know, at some point the music um, uh, calmed down and I did open my eyes. I did notice that people were like, gathered kind of around me um, kind of thing. And a lot of people spoke to me that whole weekend about that moment. Um, but I really did not know you were there. So, I mean, I knew you were in the house. I didn't know you were yeah. in my school, So, yeah. 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 So, you know, I've experienced you there. And then I think you had just joined our program before that. And then I've been on, co- on calls with you. And we had just checked in before we started, we pressed record. And yeah. you don't have a paid client yet. You're, you, you said you're, you're kind of being inconsistent, um, and yet you show up super powerfully in our group. I challenged you to do your motivational minute, which you've been doing, which I've been watching. Every time I do that, I think about you um, <laughs> because I do it with, well, you know, well, you know, this yesterday, I actually did it live, you know, for the first time. Usually I do it as a pre-record and um, I do it when, even when I do it as a pre-record, I made sure to only do it. It's like one shot. I don't, I don't do it three or four times purposely, right? Trying, and I'm like, I'm that perfection. I think all nurses do that. We do that perfection thing. And if I do it a hundred times and I have to tell you, every time I look at those things, um, the, the motivational moments, Every once, well, one or two of them make me cry. Why? Because I knew what I was feeling at the time that I said it, or what I'm saying is I look at it 
And um, I'm lo- I'm like, oh my God, look at my eye. Or, oh my God, look at what I'm wearing. Oh my God, I didn't see that. That is what goes in my head while, this is, while the thing is going on. But I cannot tell you, every time I go out, somebody somewhere goes, I've seen you. I've I look forward to your motivational oh. moments and that really blows my mind because it reminds me of one of your podcasts where you guys talk about there are more lurkers than there oh, are yes. centers, right? <laughs> right? Absolutely. And um, yeah, there's a lot of people who I know have not commented on my on those um, posts, but they say they see it every time. Yeah. Yep, there are lurkers out there. Um, they don't follow or interact with your posts. They just watch from the distance. A lot of people feel more comfortable that way. And um, honestly, I've had a lot of clients reach out to me and say, hey, do you do coaching? Because they've been watching me for years and I've never seen their name as as any, like I wouldn't know it. So I know that to be true. And we see that in our programs with our clients. Um I feel like just observing you and you were just recently, this was reflected back to you by another nurse coach is that you feel like you should be on stage. You, I feel like part of your gift is through being embodied in the way that you are and speaking the way that you speak, it gives others permission to also embody who they are. So there's a divine gift there that I think and we had talked about briefly of your past um, but I can tell that you're blocked too. It is. Um, I've heard myself repeat this a few times in terms of it is difficult to know that I do. I am gifted with something mm-hmm. um, that, you know, for those who remember the E.F. Hutton commercials, like when I speak, like people listen and um, it is a responsibility that eh, scares me a little bit. Right. But. Um, I have never equated that with, uh, it becomes my, my big energy becomes a thing where I connected to, oh my gosh, she's too much. Right. Um, sometimes I actually, when I did anybody, I don't know if anybody seen the, um, the video of the Sedona time, you know, that the, the overall video that we had, and I'm kind of all over that video and, um, when I look at it, I I literally, when I first started looking at it, I was like, have my eyes covered. Cause I'm like, oh my God, there you go again. Like you're, you're so much like, why are you always trying to, to be up front? And um, it's something that I really, really have a hard time with. And yet I have had people reach out to me who are dependent on that, like look forward to that. Yes. Um, And so one of the reasons that I believe I'm having difficulty with the consistency factor is I'm always battling my connection of feeling team too much um, with my responsibility, my spiritual and universal responsibility to release my gift to the world. Yes, that's a big that's a big thing to straddle. Yeah, those two competing Uh, narratives and is constant based on your I mean and based on the the stories you told me about your past there's some very evident moments in your life that were extremely painful where this was planted this isn't this is from and you you told me do you mind if I share how old you are please do please tell us okay. okay so at 56 years old you've had several experiences from 13 years old to your mid-20s to, to even just a recent experience where there was an element of too muchness or fear of, of being seen as too much and, and fear one. And you told me that you, you've been trying to undo that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, um, a little more detail as a child, I have always, I've always been, uh, hyperactive. I'm even struggling to use that word because I've always connected that word with something negative. Right. Mm -hmm. But, I, my whole childhood, my mom is, I can hear my mom in my head, girl, sit down somewhere, girl, you talk too much. Oh my God, would you shut up? Right? So that is like a constant narrative um, yeah. in my um, past. So yeah, children are seen and not heard, right? So it was that kind of thing. And then in school, um, <laughs> I remember the first play I was in in school in the third, fourth grade. Um, and it was, we actually did Star Wars and it was this really, I was actually C-3PO and um, 
the reason I got the role was because they were like, I actually spoke in a robot voice. I just thought that's what it was supposed to be. And they just thought it was a big thing. Okay. Um, but again, and most of the things that I have done on stage or dancing or whatever, most of my family has never seen it, didn't come, or um, it was more of a, oh, there she go again, you know, kind of overall feeling. Um, dance has always given me a, free, a feeling of freedom. You know, I think I've said that earlier. And I spent many years dancing in my church. And the last few years of that did not go well because people had difficulty with the fact that I, it, it's a natural thing for me. Like I love to move. I love to flow. I learn really, really quickly. I retain it because I love it. I don't know why. I just, I've always done school well. And um, people began to, the same people, you know, I feel like, you know, when Christ was coming down, like, you know, they were saying Hosanna to the highest and the next day they crucified him. Right. So it's like how I felt like, you know, so the same people who were saying to me, oh my God, I'm so glad that you're here. I love learning from you and you're so this and you're so that. Where the same people go, who the hell does she think she is? And she's always, oh my God, there she goes again. Oh my. So I am constantly battling if I'm being, I actually would think that I was being selfish. Like if I get out there and I start talking, then I'm just being selfish and I'm just want everybody to see me and I'm being conceited. That's how, we, that's how, that's how it feels for me. You know, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to learn to to battle that, and it's so those days where I feel good, I make the I make the connections. I'll yeah. step there, I'll do those things, and then as soon as it happens, that that inner critic is like, yeah, there you go again. You thinking people want to be in your company? People, you think people want to listen to you all the time? And oh, it's exhausting. Exhausting, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. As an ex-drug addict and broken mar- broken relationships and went bankrupt and like my past homecoming queen turned into a drug addict, like high, incredible highs, incredible lows. I like just realized that we're not our past. You know, there's, we create ourselves and um, I'm wondering if you're ready to let go of some of these past experiences and create the Daphne who can dance without that other voice. <laughs> Um, I am. Um, yes, I am. I, I am ready to let that go. Um, I, I, I struggle a bit with how, right. <laughs> but I think what I'm thinking when I'm starting to learn is that it's actually something I said in the video yesterday. Um, in that, ter- in terms of if you're going to, if we're going to live in the same house, we can live in the same house. You just can't take up all the space. Right. Like that inner critic just cannot keep taking up all that space. So if my parents want to sit there and want to talk about girl, remember this, remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, you could be the one in the corner and the one in the little, you know, the toy box that I can open up. You know, it's fine. If you need to take up space here, you can take up space. You just cannot move me out. And um, so I think I'm learning to. Instead of the instead of keeping up with the idea that's got to go all together, right? Right, which is um, it, that, which isn't true. Yeah, right, exactly. It still made me who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to be. You can't be the majority right now, right? Yeah. Ever, no more. Let's let's you you've had your time, right? You played a good big old part in my life, and so at this point now, you you need to take a back seat and watch the rest of the ride. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, Daphne. It gets louder right before you're about to have a breakthrough. So whenever we're going to have a breakthrough of our own self-actualization or we're going to emerge into this more true, more courageous, more authentic version of ourselves, the inner critic hits a fever pitch because it's trying to keep us safe. It's doing its job. So when that happens to me, and, and I'll share it with my husband, I'll share it with my coach, I'll share it with Shelby, I'll share, I'll share it with my sister. I just share it because it's like, as long as I'm telling everybody that it's happening, then I feel better. It's not all in my head. And then I'll, everyone now is trained to tell me, oh, because you're about to level up. Oh, because you're going to level up. I struggle there. I mean, that's really a good talk about a good example of the people you surround yourself with. Right. Yeah. And the people that would probably tell me that the, you know, you're leveling up. Don't worry. This is normal. Right. What you're going yeah. through. You're going to be OK. Those people are virtual. Right. Um right. 
they are not in my immediate uh, surroundings. And this is not to say if if my mom and sister decide to listen to this podcast, right? right? <laughs> this is not to say that my mom and my sister do not uh, support me. What it means is that they support me in the way that they know how, right? Right. Yes. Absolutely. And um, inadvertently, some of the things that they say to me um, or have been said to me um, is said from a place of love and caring from them, but it lands with me as a place of criticism and stuff, right? Yes. So it's yeah. not them, right? It's more about, you know, things. So, so they'll say things, okay, so my when I told you I'm ready to let go of my past, why? I have put in my papers for retirement. Mm. And the last day of work for me is 12-31-22. And I have been in straight panic mode. <laughs> since I've done that, right? Um, I know nobody, in, and I'm not encouraging anyone to do it this way in terms of I've done it um, without a plan, right? Like without a, like, I don't, I don't have six months of savings. Hell, I don't have three months of savings, right? <laughs> so, so I, you know, I don't have a whole bunch of savings. I don't have, the truth of the matter is at this moment, I will probably struggle to figure out how I'm going to pay all my bills in February, right? I'm probably okay for January, Maybe February, but definitely by March, I ain't sure where that's happening, you know, unless something happens for the next three, you know, next couple of months, which is absolutely possible. So I don't encourage that for anybody. But what I'm saying for myself is that if I didn't do that or if I don't do if I didn't do that, um, I would always sit on the fact that I'm getting a paycheck. Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And even if and that sitting on that will prevent me from moving. It just will, right? It's not, and I have to honestly say, it also brings up childhood memories of my mom saying, "You always got to do things the hard way. Like you don't never want to do nothing easy. Like you always want to do something the hard way." And I never did, but yeah, I, I, I in this case, you know, I guess so because it will it it produce, it makes me move, right? Um, if I remove the pseudo security of a paycheck coming every two weeks, then um, I will go, yeah, I got to hustle, right? So for the first time okay. in my life, I have to hustle, you know? Okay. But I also want to challenge even the word hustle. Okay. It, it does. You have a strong belief that you have to work really, really hard to earn. And simultaneously, you've told me that, like, for you, dancing, embodying yourself, being in leadership, really in anything that you do, comes easy and natural. And there's a part of you that feels guilty that that specific skill set so damn easy and natural for you. And guess what? The best entrepreneurs get paid to do what's easy and natural for them. Oh, I keep hearing that, Laura. And I'm like, it is something I am have to work daily at um, remembering for myself. Cause I'm really good at cheering on the other person. You know that, right? Like, you know. Yeah, that's why you're an incredible coach. Yeah. Um, and, but to believe that that works for me. Cause I, you know, people talk all the time about how difficult it is to do public speaking, how difficult it is for them to talk to other people. I find it easier to talk to people I don't know than people I talk to that I do know, right? You know? Yeah. You right. put family out there, I wouldn't know what to say. But if people I don't know, I'm out there, right? And yeah, even saying that now, I feel it. I feel guilty that I can do that, right? It's Why? Not, can, it's not that I can't go. It's not that I'm not nervous, right? And all of that stuff. But I, yeah, I don't have this stark fear. I, it's not there, right? Um, mm. The fear is messing up, saying the wrong thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, that exists. Yeah. But um not the- I have something to ask you because because uh, we talked briefly about your faith mm-hmm. and, and yeah. before we started our call. Mm-hmm. And I am going to share a personal story that I had with a coach once because I told a coach once, this is three years ago. I said, I don't know. I just keep feeling like I need to be on stage. I feel like I have all I want to do is to, to say something and be something and embody something and make the whole room feel it. And it's not because I want them to think I'm special. It's because I'm like compelled to do it. I'm compelled. I want them to feel it. And she's and I said, but why? Why am I like that's so egoic? Like, why couldn't I just be happy with like whatever? And she said to me, well, isn't it good that Jesus didn't feel that way? 
Oh, shoot. Do you think, right? Like, wow. Isn't wow. it nice that Jesus didn't have that voice telling yeah. him, don't be too much. Don't be too big. Don't yeah. stand in front, like be humble. Yeah. He clearly knew that he had the power over anything and everybody in his space. Yes. And he still, oh, wow. That's wow. So when we have, we, we may or may not have spiritual gifts. We'll never know probably, but I think that we do. I trust that we do. And there is an element of, of being compelled to serve using them. I've, you know, I've said that often, um, when I think of things and hear about different documentaries, people who are successful or considered society successful um, yeah. and stuff, and I have heard their stories, I've gotten a chance to read their stories. And when I, there's always a point in time where they had to break the mold, right? Where they had yes. to burn the grain. They had to burn the boats. Yeah, they had to go against the grain. And when they did that, I all, every time I get to that point in the documentary, in the story, whatever I'm, whatever the media is, I say to myself, "It's that faith that I'm looking for, like Oof. belief that I'm." But looking you're for. doing it right now with putting your notice in. Yeah, that was. I knew that was going to be the biggest thing, and you know what? <laughs> now that I'm saying, you just did it. You just did. You just burned the boats. I did. I I am. It is burning. <laughs> <laughs> And what's funny is that I have to tell you, it's like it's, it's running around the job now, right? So people are yeah. leaving that. You're leaving. You're leaving. And I'm like, yeah, I've been at this. I've been a nurse for over 35 years, but I've been at this job for 25, over 25. And um, so they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. I can't believe you're leaving. And at least a handful of people, a handful of my coworkers are like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're gonna do that. Not they're like, you're so lucky. You're so this and you're so that. And I've actually had one come to me who goes, I'm loving where you're going with your life. Can we talk? Yeah. And we actually met for lunch. And I I well, she actually was crying, but I left in tears as well because she just wanted to have permission to do something different with her life, right? Yes. She has these beautiful ideas and I have just, I have been on like a soapbox, like you can do it, right? And um, that is, you know, I have another young lady telling me, she was like, I'm going to be watching you because I know you're going to do, you know, these things. And I'm like, okay, no pressure. But um, <laughs> it's, but I'm loving that, the freedom is literally on the other side of the fear. Like, you know, the biggest thing for me right now is the fact that I put the papers in. The next biggest thing is going to be the day I last, my last actual working day, I think is 1222. And walking out that place for the last time is going to just makes, oh, and, um, but to go back to what you were originally saying about that word hustle, I do have to say that I've been trying to find a word that works better because hustle makes me feel like it makes me feel limited. Like I have to, you know, it makes me feel like I have, I don't have choices. I, I like, I gotta. And you're in a I'm rush. Like, yeah. Like I'm there. Yeah, like I'm in a rush. Or, I don't like that. Um, because when I do find myself in a position where I feel like, where is the money coming from? I don't like to do that because I am a believer. And I say this every day to myself, that money comes to me freely, easily, frequently, always in flow. You know, there's no such thing as limit. Abundance is my birthright. That is a constant for me. Right. And when I get to that point where I feel like I'm limiting myself to what money is supposed to be, um, I remember I'm still a nurse. I I have so many resources, right? Yes. Like if I really, some nurses, you know, some people feel that, oh my God, if I have to go back to bedside nursing, it's the worst. I don't see that. I see that as a blessing that you can go back to nursing, right? That's, you don't have yes, to come back as a full-time job, right? But it's available. Just the fact that it's available is a huge thing. Right. Um, so that for me is there. I know I can find um, I'm literally in the process now of um, sending out emails to um, different conferences and um, organizations that so I can introduce them to coaching. And I, I they need to know that where healthcare ends, coaching begins. You know, um, healthcare is about the acute uh 
making you feel better, but they usually you walk out the door with a diagnosis and have no idea how to live with that, right? And um, that's where coaching comes. Daphne, would you would you be willing to commit to speak on stage in the next ninety days? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would. Let's find a stage. How do we find a stage? (laughs) It's it's a solvable problem. Ooh, listen, I, oh, the idea gives me goosebumps. I'm like, I, I, I would, uh, yeah, I'd love to. I guess I have to figure out who's stage and where. Yes. Um, there are, there are strategic steps that would need to be taken. But the, what I want to illustrate here is the declaration of, I would desire to speak on stage in the next 90 days is it starts to open the possibilities and all the different luck lines and pathways to make that happen. Because I believe that if people are observing you and seeing you and they know that you offer a way to help them, that you'd have a full practice overnight by your, by your being, just by your being, which is not hustle, by the way. Wow. That is, oof. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm gonna receive that. Um, yeah, I, I like, I, yeah. I, you know what? I can do that, and I can say that I'm gonna commit to speaking on a stage within the next ninety days. That's your natural habitat, by the way. That's your natural habitat. It's your natural habitat. It's where you can impact the most humans. I'm really trying to figure out why that is a. You know, it's like when somebody just like randomly gives you flowers, you're like, what's this for? Right? You know, it's like, it's like that's how I feel. I'm like, when you said that, I'm sitting there like, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I, I, it's something in me that that's a part of me that wants to go, yeah. Right? Yes. What What's holding you back from, from just like, saying, yeah? I still have this, this is the past thing, right? That's yeah. making me go, what the hell? Like, like what? Like, what the hell? And, um, you know, just like you called it my natural habitat, it, it brings about, it brings those same um, childhood things, like, girl, sit your ass down. Like, you know, like, like, who do you, like, who do you think you ought to be speaking? You know, um, like I've spoken at a lot of family events, right? Um, and, because people say, you know, you always talk and go ahead and say something, right? Um, so I do, but I don't always feel like it's because I should. Does that make sense? You know, and uh, it's always been a joke for me to tell people, yeah, girl, I, I'm the marketing executive. I can get up there. Give me a give me a, 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 a comment or a, or a subject. Girl, I can talk. Right. And I could do it on the fly. And it's been a joke. Right. It's never been something that I could really make happen. You know, I. I... What an interesting way to keep yourself safe. Oh, my God. It's it's I'm like my vision board is right in front of me. Right. It's behind the screen. I'm looking at it. And Mm -hmm. I literally named 2022 as a year without fear. Right. And um, whew, to think um, it's a there's a there's a unbelievability that go with it that goes with it um, that I can really go out there and do this like I've spent all my life being joked about or laughed or um, uh, um, in a bad way about girl you talk too much and you know and I'm gonna make money off of talking and speaking and helping and healing. Because I have been a healer all my life, all my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. I think that you should, and I think that you will, and I think that 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 there the past does not dictate the future. We create ourselves every moment with our thoughts and with our actions, and you're steadily taking actions to create yourself. And if if we fast forwarded to let's say you were 96 years old, let's go 40 years into the future, and you're 96 years old. You're, you, let's just say, you know, you have about three days left to live. You've had a great life. If you didn't try, would you regret it at 96 for not, at, for not at this choice point at 56 for not trying? 
I, oh my goodness. You know, it's amazing. People don't talk a lot about um, your end of life, that most people who are at end of life never talk about the things they actually did. They always talk about the things they didn't do. They didn't do. Yeah. It's the regret. Yeah. Um, I told you the story before we started uh, recording that when I was 14, I was um, entered into a, into a um, contest and my, my friends did it, dragged me to the audition and everything. And I passed the audition, got into the contest went to the first rehearsal and got completely freaked out. I just totally decided that everybody in that room was way more qualified than I was. And I never returned. And I I told you that was over 40 years ago. And I still regret that I didn't see what would have happened. Yeah. me, um, if I would have done that, would I have been able to wear that crown of Miss Hal Jackson? Um, uh, it wasn't Miss, it was a Mr. Mr. Hal Jackson's uh, talented team. Would I have won that year? Um, hell, I wasn't even in the running. You know, um, a few years, a number of years after that, I did do another contest just to push myself through. Um, and it was great. I tried to, but the truth is, I tried to undo what happened when I was 14. And though I did make it to the end of the, of the second one, and I did take uh, a first runner up um, on my own accord. And I do pat, pat myself on the back for that. It still didn't quite undo what I did, you know, the first time. Um, and sometimes when I think about backing out of what I'm doing here and take it in this path that I want to be on, that I am on uh, and that I'm on with, beautiful human beings. You know, I just love what is happening um, with the way nurse coaching is is taking effect and causing the wave and everything. Yeah. Um, I am, when I think about backing out, I, I do, I do think about the fact that I have come this far. Like mm-hmm. um, when I was getting my master's degrees, um, I had gotten to that point too. Um, they, you know, in fact, they, one of the professors had told us that early on the beginning of the beginning of the program. She said, you're going to get to the point where you're going to be like, what in the hell am I doing? Right. <laughs> right? Yes. And, uh, Entrepreneurship. Totally had gotten <laughs> to that space, like totally. And um, by the time I had gotten to that space, I had said, if I quit now, I'm going to have a lot of money that I put into it and no degree. Right. So I pushed through. So I feel the same way about this in terms of I've come this far. I've invested time and money. Um, and if I don't do it, then I'm, I've lost. It, it's only a loss because I don't, I haven't finished. Right. Yeah. As long as I finish, it doesn't matter what happens at the finish line. I've completed it. I haven't lost anything. I will be learning what could be done, how I could have done it. I'm really excited even though I have this block somewhere, right? I'm really excited on where this life goes. Like what this yes. looks like. Creating, yeah. you know, the first thing about, the thing about being a pioneer is you got to clean all the stuff out. Like you got to cut all the vines and create the path and dig the hole. And you got to do all of that. That's some hard work so that people behind you don't have to do the same thing. So everybody's all excited about being first, but it is, dang, nothing clean about it. Like <laughs> it's all dirty, right? It's so dirty. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I have a set, uh, well, my son will be 17 next month, you know, my 17 year old son, I want him to know that you really can create the life that you want, right? It's actually in my room. I have a thing up in my room, my bedroom that says, um, she created the life that she loves. Right. Yeah. And I remember looking at that waking up when, before I started this journey, I remember looking at that one day and I said to myself, well, what is the life that I love? Like, what does that look like? And, um, That's what started this whole thing. And um, I was talking to somebody one day, actually, again, this pandemic, I always tell people, I said, the pandemic, chaos is the beautiful foundation for creativity. Like chaos causes people to think in the most incredible ways. And um, one day, a girlfriend of mine called me because her and her fiance had came down with COVID and um, the outcome was he passed away and she did not. Mm. She's okay. Um, But 
she called me because she didn't really understand how he died. So she started asking me questions and blah, blah, blah. And I was able to explain to her what all the terms are, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was her who said to me, you really need to be helping people understand like medicine, you know, or health and stuff like that. And out of a joke, I said to her, I said, yeah, girl, I guess I'll become a health coach. But it actually was the first seed. That was the first seed Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm really good at explaining to people what it means to have hypertension, you know, what it means that, you know. Daphne, you are an extraordinary communicator. So it doesn't really matter what you talk about. It's interesting, it's engaging, and it's well-spoken. So you, you are an extraordinary communicator. You'd be an extraordinary orator, which is somebody who orates on stage with spoken word. And then with your background in dance and embodiment and the passion to perform, not in a way that's egoic, but in a way that's transcendent, you have like all the perfect ingredients in the soup for an extraordinary career in coaching and speaking. Wow. And then, but it's like, you just won't add the salt to the broth. Or I won't turn on the oven like something. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to a- come over to your house and turn on the damn <laughs> oven. I think that, you know what? I think you did turn on the oven as soon as you put in your notice. That's what I think. I think you put the oven on because you knew. I did. And I, yeah, I knew I had to do that. Um, I actually kind of tested the waters with my mom at one point and told her, I said, yeah, mom, I'm going to, this is before I actually put the papers in. I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to, um, I'm going to retire at the end of this year. And uh, first she was like, wow, that's great. Cause to her 25 years means 25 years, you know, the gold watch, blah, blah, blah. Right. But clearly she's my mom. She's like, but you're not, I'm not of age. Right. And um, so she's, launched right into, um, well, make sure you have enough money and you got enough this and you got enough that. And I instantly was like, Ooh, I don't. <laughs> right. Um, which is why I haven't told, well, when she hears the podcast, she's going to know, Hey mom, papers <laughs> are in, you know? Um, but yeah, the oven is turned on every day that passes. I feel the heat. Um, And even when I say that, oh my God, I'm feeling the spirit right now. Like, even when I say that, it's almost out of alignment at this point. And that means that I want to say the heat is, goes up every day that passes, but it's really the excitement. Like it's, it's scary as it's scary, but so exciting because it's, I can't believe how hard this is for me to say. It is exciting to think that I get the the absolute honor and pleasure to do something, to get paid for something that I really love to do. Yes. You know, I hear that. I'm thinking that's for other people, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it really is so close. It's so tangible for my life. Like, it leaves me in the why me. I mean, I can't say why not me, but like, why me? Why do I get well, to? Why Why does why not me get so little play and why me get so much? Um, I have always found difficulty in, um, I just feel like I, I, I almost feel as if to offset my big uh, bigness is not the word that I'm looking for, but my presence, my space, my, you know, all the space that I take up, right. In order to offset that, I feel like I need to say that, you know, I'm little, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not deserving of that. So that's why I keep saying like, why, why me, why not me? Um, Cause it's our, it's our light that frightens us the most. It's, what fr- frightens us the most is how powerful we actually are. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's more frightening than being small for most people. It is. And as small is actually easy. Um, yeah. Even I though agree. it's yeah, even though it's frustrating to people, people may not like it. It actually is easy. It's easy to be in the hell that you know, right? Um, it's not to step out of that and actually change your circumstances because you have to be responsible and you have to, you know, it's something that you need to do all the time. But the, I, I, 
I struggle with my own self worth um, because that's what that's what that's what that's the why not me for me. Like, I, like yeah, I, right. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. Like, why not? Who do you look up to? Is there celebrities that you look up to? Is there any a, a, a woman celebrity that or well known person that you look up to? Yeah. Um, while she was on TV, well, while she was doing the show, I was a fan, but not a super fan. But Oprah in yes. her spiritual walk yes. has got me like totally wide open. Yeah. I love because it's so it's now ringing so true for me. Yeah. And, um, I love that. I love her. Yeah. So she right now. So is a, can I just. I'm going to keep blowing your mind. And I, I know it's not going to catch up during this coaching call podcast <laughs> okay. episode. Okay. But, but there is a, in the field of probability and possibility. So if we think of the future as there's like these infinite amount of paths that we decide to take based on multiple choice points, choices that we make, actions that we take, inaction that we take, which is ultimately a choice. So we have, you're at 56, we're moving forward. We've got, you, you've made a big decision to close the door on a particular role and job you have. Now we have these infinite paths forward into creation of ultimately being well taken care of financially while doing something that you love that comes easy for you. There's a pathway that leads you to a moment of either being in intimate relationship with Oprah in writing a book that Oprah talks about and being in an interview that Oprah does, that's not impossible. But it takes like us even saying things like that out loud to set the probability path as even possible. Yeah. One thing I love about that, and again, in watching um, other people even listen to some stories that she said herself, Oprah said herself, when you allow yourself to be open to the possibilities, right? And the probability, yeah. it's the things that happen. Like when she talked about, yes. when she talked about her role, um, when she got her role in beloved, Color Purple. The Color Purple, yeah. Yeah. Talks about the way that happened, how upset she was, how long it took for them to get back to her. And she was on some fat farm and when, when we called her. Yeah. Uh, when Quincy called her, she had never met him, never saw, I'm not Quincy, Steven Spielberg. He had never, she had never met him. She'd never seen him, you know? So when I heard all of that, I was like, she just had a belief that she needed to be in that movie. Like she had no, no acting, no nothing, you know? And listening to that story was like, but she allowed herself to be available to the possibility. And that's, I just, I, I, what I'm, I think the biggest thing that I'm struck, that I, I don't, oh, I don't like struggle, that I'm challenging, that I'm challenged with, right, is making myself available for the possibility and the probability and the worthiness. I, I don't even know how else to, you know, to, to put that. Like, I, I can just keep that in check. Like, like I said, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to go away. I just have to be able to keep it in check, right? So that I can allow myself to be open because I want to tell those stories, Laura. I want to be able yes. to see, you know, I want to be well, able to because- Even by I, us having this conversation, Daphne, even, even this, just these little things that we just set forward has already opened more possibility for you. Okay. Now it will feel uncomfortable when you swim in impossibility. It is like swimming in the void there. You said something earlier that was really amazing that the, uh, something about the hell that we're used to or the hell that we know that, you know, but yeah. And when you can need to stay in the hell that, you know, because we know, because it's, it's known. And anytime we decide to dream and do what you're about to do, we are swimming in a void in a, a, a probability and impossibility that a lot of other people will it will make a lot of other people in our life very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. And the minute that you have success, half the people are going to love you for it. And half the people are going to think you're too much. Yeah. That's the place we're going. Yeah. That is amazing. I remember when I first started learning about the land of possibility and probability. Um, I actually started my personal development journey, like for real, for real, um, when um, someone introduced me to Landmark. And that was the first time that I had heard about living in possibilities. Um, It just sounded like a term. I didn't know what it meant. But my life now is that, right? Like that is 
yeah, that is it. You know, and then that is what it is. If you can't, you know, I, I did a post about this a while ago and um, on my Facebook page, page, but I, where you literally have to walk into that void that you're talking yes. about, nothingness. You have to, you have to walk into a place where there is nothing in order to create everything, right? Yes. And uh, and that's what it feels like to be walking out of this. When I walk out of this job for the last uh, for the last time, it's like yeah. you're walking out into you know when you're wa- when you're watching these movies and stuff, and you walk into this white light of fog and stuff. Right? I'm going to be stepping into the fog temporarily. Yeah, temporarily, right? And as yeah. I, as I keep taking steps, the the as I take a step, the stair will show up. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and- well, let me ask you this, Daphne, and, and looking at time, we've got about four more minutes okay. and I want to know for you, how, how has your, because we've just slowly chipped away at some of these limiting beliefs and like, I just see you emerge a little more, a little more, a little more. Like I just, I can feel it. I can see it. I can sense it. But how do you feel like since the time you signed up for the collective until now, how have you changed? Oh my God. <laughs> it has been, let me tell you, Sedona did it for me. Like, yeah, for real. Um, I just think I'm loving, I'm loving timing. I love how universe and the timing of things, right? When I joined the collective, when I first started seeing it and I finally decided to join the collective, it was, I told you a little woo woo. I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> right. It was attractive <laughs> to me and it, it, it aligned with me, but because of, it still goes against the grain. Right. I still believed in the philosophy of what it meant. Right. So, yeah. like, so I get through it. I'm learning all these wonderful things about mindset and thought models and things I haven't heard before. Right. And the, and Sedona happens. Right. Because you learn in the collective kind of an isolation. Right. Cause everything's online. So, when I got into a room with all of these people who believed the same thing and the things that we were doing, uh, you know, to help with our belief and our understanding, it was completely transformational for me. Yeah. So I left there. How have I changed and grown? I have connected with people that in other ways I would never have seen ever, ever. There was no reason I would, they would ever cross my path. Um, from all over the world, right? Um, Alaska, people came from Alaska and Hawaii, you know, to yeah. be there. And I got a chance to connect with them and see them. And it has led me into other possibilities and watching how people are making this coaching thing work in so many ways. Like, you know, yes. I hope I'm not, I got the names right, but I'm not sure if the things are right. But people who are out there doing it on the ocean, right? You know, um, Cena and that chocolate thing blew my mind. <laughs> right? And, you know, and, and how people are doing it, you know, a completely tra- traditional in terms of one-on-one practices and one, you know, but, they're doing all these retreats that are happening and it, I would have never seen the possibilities with that. And actually after, you know, I spoke to um, one of our other nurse, nurse coaches in terms of the, the corporate nurse Academy. It, she, for the first time now, I'm not only looking at, cause I came into this thing, think I was going to do a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking maybe some maybe some group coaching things or whatever. And not that that's out of the picture, but it's a bigger picture for me now in terms of because I kept thinking of me speaking on stage will take me away from coaching, but it doesn't. And even oh, no. sitting here talking to you has got me there. So where have I grown? I my belief is growing. You know, it is I'm excited about the possibilities and the probabilities. Um I, you know, listen, I want to be able to post into our group and go, I did it. You know? <laughs> I did it. You know, um, it with uh, in you and Shelby, I would have never um, even thought to figure out how I could live my life in this space without you guys. So, yeah, Aww. it has absolutely um I, I just love it. I, it's, it's a it's a beautiful example of. If you just take the step and you actually just start to move, don't worry about how it's going to develop. Just move and know that it will. Just move. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. 
I'm going to end on that because that, I'm going to recap what you just said. You said, just move. Yeah, just move. Just move. And it's a little bit consistently over time without quitting can earn you your master's, can create a speaking gig, really anything. You can write a book. You can have a six-figure practice. These are not all out of the realm of possibility. It's I live in so much possibility that I don't relate to people that can't see it anymore. <laughs> you know what, Laura? I think I'm getting there. Yes. Like, I just can't. I'm really like, if, if you have limitations, I'm like... Oh, I don't have these kind of, I don't have these kind of conversations anymore. I hate that. Even the people who are now coming to me that at work will say to me, oh my God, he was like, you're so lucky. I said, I'm not lucky. I'm intentional. You can do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where you say, and I think we should have a coaching call to talk about this self-limiting. Awesome. Well, Daphne, here's here's what I'd love to do. I would love to give you an open invitation to come back one year from now, next November. Okay. And you can give us an update on all of the magic you create. Wow. Okay. Listen, absolutely. I'm going to put it on my <laughs> calendar. So be like, here, right here. But it'll probably happen before a year, I promise. It'll be a oh, number. absolutely. It'll be a number of successes by next November. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much for like letting us do this today. You guys, this is the first time that I've ever emailed a client said, Hey, I'd love to coach you live on a podcast. Do you want to do it? And Daphne said she was nervous, but she said yes. And it was really to show you what a coaching conversation can be, which really for me with you today, Daphne is just reflecting back to you the truth of what I see in you over and over again, as you would come up with all these reasons why it wasn't, I would just reflect back something else that made you uncomfortable. Uh, so we're kind of chipping away at the limitations and opening up to the the possibilities of who you are. And I mean, I would hire you to come to one of our retreats just to dance with us, just to, there's so many ideas I have for you, for your practice, for your gifts. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll be in touch about, about those kinds of things. Sure. I'm excited. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. All right, guys, be sure to come hang out with us in the free Facebook group. And Daphne's, all Daphne's information is going to be in the notes of this podcast. You can go check her out. She does these amaz- amazing motivational minutes that you can catch. I think you do them like once a week, Daphne. Yep, yep. once a week mm-hmm. on Sunday. Come- And if you need a coach to remind you of what's possible to step out into the void, give her a call. She is. Are you accepting clients right now, Daphne? Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Let the floodgates open. All right. All right, Daphne. Have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. 